Hello, my beautiful mamas. We are here for the Appetence Podcast again. Welcome. This is our monthly moment to expose the real and raw truth about birth through chatting with epic local women about their birth experiences, showing just how different birth can be. This month, I am talking to Katie, who is one of our wonderful Appetence mamas. However, first, I just wanted to give you a quick rundown about what's going on with Appetence this month. So... Pilates is now one month down and it has been so much fun to teach. I have just really, really enjoyed teaching both postnatal and pregnancy Pilates and I'm so glad you guys seem to be really loving it too. I just think it's such a great addition to your pregnancy preparation and your postnatal recovery on top of the yoga and the workshops. So I'm really glad that you guys enjoy it as much as I do. And then, of course, we have our pregnancy and postnatal yoga as well, which is always wonderful and just my absolute favorite to teach. And then we actually have our Abitance Birth Workshop coming up this month on the 19th of Feb, and then the Body Balancing Workshop on the 22nd of Feb. And that's just about everything happening with Abitance this month. So let's get into the podcast. This podcast is with Katie. As I said, she was an appetence mama coming to my pregnancy yoga for the last, I want to say, 10 weeks of her pregnancy, moving down from Townsville um, partway through her pregnancy. And she has already got a three-year-old. His name's Finn. He was actually a footling breach and a cesarean section for that. And there's actually a really interesting story that she goes into about how we got footling and all of that sort of stuff. And then um, she's now got an eight-week-old and her name is Tully. And she was a beautiful, natural V-back birth, which is just so amazing to experience as a mama to go through a V-back. It's, you know, such mixed messages with expectations and fears and having faith in your body. And Katie just navigated it so, so beautifully. And I really can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode, especially if you're hoping for a V-back birth. I feel like it's a great one to listen to. So if you enjoy, please leave a five-star written review. I would really appreciate it so we can get this podcast to more mamas out there. Enjoy the pod. Alrighty, thank you so much for joining us on the Abitance Podcast, Katie. Thanks for having me. No worries. <laughs> so... We met in pregnancy yoga recently yep. when you moved down from Townsville and you were all excited about your V-back wanting to come and do the goods. So do you want to, you've got another elder bub? Yes, yeah, so I've got my son Finn and he's three. Beautiful. And then I've got my beautiful little girl Tully. Amazing. And she's? Eight weeks. Eight weeks. Yeah. Awesome. Did you maybe want to start with your pregnancy with Finn, how you felt entering, what you did in pregnancy to prepare, etc.? So... Um, my pregnancy with Finn, I guess, wasn't super conventional in the beginning in that he was a very beautiful surprise. <laughs> so I wasn't planning to be pregnant. I was 25 and I actually found out a week that I was pregnant a week before I was going on a five-week top deck tour of America, oh. <laughs> which is always super fun when you're yes. pregnant. Um, and you're in Vegas and you're on a party bus uh. and stripper poles and drinking <laughs> vodka and I'm um, you know, drinking water and pretending. So you still went? <laughs> yeah, still went. Oh, so, legend. So literally, yeah, it was a week before. So I was going oh with my God. sister, um, who is actually a midwife. So super lucky that I was on a, you know, yes. really far away on an overseas trip with a midwife. Yes. Um, but I was also, um, I had a little bit of morning sickness and stuff while I was away. Um, but I was generally pretty lucky in that pregnancy. Amazing. Um, I was 
you know, I wasn't sick that often. Um, I came back from that trip and I uh, was working full time up until um, a few weeks before I had Finn. Um, my plan the whole time along was to always have a water birth. Yeah. So because I hadn't planned to get pregnant, I was a little bit um, late in, I guess, organizing everything, trying to get onto totally. an MGP or thinking you about traveling the around Vegas, yeah. gambling, <laughs> drinking. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So unfortunately, I, I missed out on MGP and birth center. So at that time, I was living in Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked into a few of my options, and I decided to go with a private midwife because that was really the only way that I could attempt to have a water birth. Um, yeah. When I spoke to the royal. It was pretty much, you know, if a midwife's on shift that's trained in water birth or if you're lucky to, you know, get a room with a pool. Um, but otherwise, it's really probably not going to happen. Yeah. Um, whereas the private midwife had birthing rights and was trained in water birth. So cool. I made sure that when I went in and um, had my first appointment with the private midwife that that was yeah. available. Your priority. Um, unfortunately, we didn't really super click. That, that midwife and I, and ah. I, looking back now, I do regret that I sort of didn't maybe meet with a couple of other midwives, but because I was so set on having that water birth, I think that just kind of took over everything else, and I was like, okay, well, this is a means to an end, and I mean, you know, I yeah. really, really want to have the water birth, that's more important to me. Yeah. Um, and I was a bit later in my pregnancy by the time I'd sort of engaged with the private midwife. Yeah. Um, so I went through all my appointments with her. Um, when it came to labor, I went into labor spontaneously in the middle of the night. Um, I woke up and I thought, oh, my back's a bit sore. Um, got a heat pack. And I was like, I just never really, you know, I kind of thought I saw back. Yeah. I thought I'd go over being my first time. Yeah. Um, and then uh, a few hours later, the private midwife came over to the house um, and went to do the first assessment on me. Yeah. Um, and at that point, she said, oh, you're about two to three centimetres, but where have you been feeling your kicks? And I just thought, I've, all I've been focusing on is that the baby's been moving. Yeah. And I don't know. Being my first time too, I just, I wasn't as in tune totally. with my body. I was a bit, the whole pregnancy, I guess, with being away at the beginning and then, um, you know, working and then everything, I wasn't. I was a bit lazy, I guess, really. Yeah. I didn't right. really exercise. Like, I wasn't really watching what I ate. You know, I was just like, yeah. oh, whatever, I'll do whatever I want. I'm, you know, napping and, like, first baby. Yeah. Um, and so I was just like, oh, all I focused on is that the baby's moving every day. You know? Yeah. Um, and there's no reduced movement. So. And she, she, she didn't know your position of babe before birth? So the whole time, the baby had been head down. Yeah. Um. LOA, I think. Is that okay, yeah, yeah, yeah so that's perfect. It, it was, I was told perfect position, head down yeah. um, at my few appointments before that. Um, I was meant to see her a couple of days before that for, I think, my 38-week appointment, but she had a birth, so I hadn't actually seen her yet, and I was due that day. I went into labor to go in and see her. Ah. So anyway, so yeah, she came, said, where have you been feeling the kicks? I said, wherever, and she said, well, I'm fairly certain that I'm feeling the foot, and instantly my heart dropped because I just knew then that water birth was off the table. Um, and so instantly I, you know, I started just thinking all about that. Um, and she said, okay, well, we need to get up to the hospital pretty quickly. And I hadn't even, like, I was literally vacuuming, like, before she came. Like, yeah. I was, like, fully prepared, first birth, 
I'm going to be here, you know, could yeah. go for the next couple of days. Like, this just could be the start. Nothing's yeah. happening. Um, but pretty much my contractions were five minutes apart from the very beginning. Yeah. So they literally started five minutes and they just continued at five minutes. Um, and, yes, I had to pack my bag. Like, I was, again, really late. Yeah. <laughs> um, I thought we had, we were having friends over for dinner that night. I was like, <laughs> lasagna. And I was like, I don't know. pregnancy. Like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm going gonna, gonna to clean the house. I'll just vacuum. It'll be fine. Nothing's going to happen. Um, and so, so it switched from that to, okay, chuck whatever in the bag. We need to get up to the hospital. Um, and when I got there, they took me into a room and, um, I think they called in the consultant Mm. and they did the bedside ultrasound, Mm. um, and that, yeah, confirmed that he was footling breech. I wonder how long he was footling breech for. Yeah. So they asked me if I'd ever felt any, you know, big flip or movement. And since like I've spoken to people who've gone, who've had breech babies and they've turned head down and they've said, Oh, like you can feel it. Yeah. I felt nothing. So, Interesting. Yeah, I don't know if it happened maybe during the night. Maybe, yeah. The only other thing that I've thought in reflecting is I was did a, a big car trip for like a few days before that, so I was sitting in the car. Oh. Um, and and since then I've read a bit on spinning babies and stuff, yeah. and they did say in that that like car trips or um, you know sitting for long periods of time mm-hmm. can flip babies and things. Totally. So, again, don't know. Um, how long and you could imagine as well like I don't know if this midwife had ever done it a bedside ultrasound but you could assume that she didn't be a yeah, private so wife. private it yeah. was totally different um, yeah exactly. she never did a bedside scan she just yeah. sort of felt around yeah um, and I guess I was always just like exactly you on, don't yeah, know like, and like you could easily like say if one foot was up and the, this foot was down she could easily be grabbing onto like one bum cheek and a back and thinking that was a head, you know, like if it was propped up in a certain way, one could think that for sure. Yeah. And Uh, hard. when the consultant spoke to us, so he was basically like, I've done two footling breach deliveries in my 20 years or whatever. Um, And if you do decide to attempt a natural um, vaginal birth, um, we would have to have, he's like, no one else in the hospital has, has done a footling um, delivery here so I would have to oversee and we have to have so many people in the room just in case and then they sort of explained to me okay so worst case scenario um, if the cord was to collapse um, we would have to pretty much rush you into theatre midwife's hand up holding the cord yeah put you under it's a real emergency we have to get the baby yeah. out within minutes and so I guess that fear took over for both Nick and I and my partner um, and we talked about it, um, we talked about it with our midwife as well. They gave us a little, you know, sort of 10 yeah. minutes or so to have a think. And for us, we just weighed up that it wasn't worth that risk. Yeah, fair call. Um, yeah. And I guess because we weren't prepared for a breach delivery either. I hadn't no. done any research. I hadn't read anything. No. Nah. Um, and so, yeah, we decided on that. Um, they told me, I guess because it was an emergency now. <laughs> Just for um, the people yeah. on the pod, something just blew over the balcony. It's, it's getting tough. a bit stormy and rainy outside. It's my son's shovel. <laughs> Do you want me to go grab it? Yeah. We'll pause. Okay, we're back and we have saved the shell pool from the balcony. So we're good to go. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy now. It, it is. Come through. It has, hasn't it? 
So we'll just rewind to the start of this pregnancy. Did you do any, um, like you did yoga this time, did you do any yoga or any like birth classes or anything like that? Or you did your private midwife research and, and stuff with that? So the only birth classes I did were actually at the hospital. Yeah. So it was a bit, I guess, unconventional too in that I sort of had still, I guess, initially gone to the hospital for that doctor's appointment because I was going to go through the hospital. So I still was enrolled in the birth classes. Yeah. So I chose to still do them. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I just had my private midwife. Yeah. Um, other than that, though, I didn't even exercise. Like, I walked my dog maybe once a week. <laughs> I just found, like. Yeah, I, I didn't do any classes. I hardly did any research. Yeah. I think because I was just working full-time at that yes. time. And, yeah. Exactly. It was my first time. I was the first of all my friends. Yeah. Being the you just, younger. You don't know what you yeah. don't know. Yeah, you and just don't. I guess back then, too, like, I didn't even really know about podcasts. Like, it's only yeah. three years ago, but yeah. podcasts existed. But for me, personally, I didn't know anything about that I didn't read up on much or listen to anything. Fair call. Yeah. No, it's it's really only those classes. Yeah. Um, I I think I just focused. I just went water birth. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. That was it. Totally. And did your midwife, did she give much education throughout the pregnancy? No. Because usually they would, which is odd. Yeah. It just, like, she was lovely. But as I said, we just didn't really click. And I just, like, in hindsight, looking back on things like that, that I'm like, I missed out on a few things. You know, we talk at at my appointments and stuff. Yeah. Um, But then they moved offices a couple of times, like, during my pregnancy as well. And then sometimes, like, I'd go to my appointment and, like, the scales would be broken or there was no tape measure and, you know. And I I know there's a lot of people who've had amazing (laughs) experience. Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, Classic. Yes, yeah, so I know there's a lot of um, women, you know, reviews and things, and I've had great experiences through that, you know, particular private midwife group. But yeah. just for me personally. And same sometimes time. it doesn't always happen. Just the same as, you know, some women have really amazing experiences in hospital and yes. then others can have the complete opposite. Exactly. Such a horrible, awful experience. Yeah. So, um, it was, I guess, kind of like that. Totally, totally. Beautiful. Okay, so let's get back to the birth. So you you guys have decided to do the cesarean. Where did you go from there? So um, a couple of other emergencies came in at that time. So they'd, you know, done the cannula. They fully got me ready for surgery. Um, And then they said, okay, well, because my waters actually hadn't broke. So I hadn't lost my plug. My waters hadn't broken. I just was having these contractions consistently. Um. And so, because my waters hadn't broke, they, you know, they, they put me off um, for a couple of other women. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the end, I guess I'd been there for a few hours at this point, I, then they wouldn't give me an epidural because they said, oh, we'll do the spinal when you're in there. And I was, like, fully prepared for the water birth to have, to be drug-free, you know, because I couldn't have anything then. But as soon as I knew that I was having the Caesar, I was like, why am I feeling this pain? Why am I having these contractions? I just, just give me the epidural. Fair call. Yeah. Um, and so I asked my midwife to assess me again because I said, you know, if I need something. Mm. Um, it's getting worse. And at this point, I was five to six centimeters. <laughs> so only um. in a couple of hours, I'd arrived at like two to three. And then I'd gone to five to six. That's and, surprising. Yeah. And so... She said, okay, I'll go get the other midwife because we're now in the territory of waters could be breaking and then we end up in that emergency. 
situation. So pretty much as soon as that happened, um, I was in theatre within, I don't know, 10, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, I was really lucky that I had, you know, really good caesarean, Mm -hmm. nothing went wrong. Um, Epidural? I had the spinal. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, pretty much couldn't feel anything from chest down. Um, The only disappointing thing was really that I just, yeah, I didn't, I guess I mentioned this to you earlier, but I don't really have a lot of photos um, or anything. And I guess that's that disconnect in the Caesar where, like, um, now having had feedback, um, like, I can see... Spoiler. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Should I not spoil it? No, you should. Should we go back? No. (laughs) Keep going. I just had to have a jab. (laughs) So, yeah. I couldn't have any photos. Uh, Oh, sorry. Grab that thing, too. Um, I could have... (laughs) The photos but I just didn't have a lot and I guess that not being able to see everything you know baby can take I really wanted to do like cool clamping but for some reason they cut the you know they, why they did, did they it. do that I'm not sure um because we do that at school I don't know why yeah and I don't know if it was the breach like um Finn came out crying like he was totally fine yeah um and the obstetrician had said to me that they didn't think that he'd been breached for long because of the shape of his head. Interesting. So that was kind of the only explanation I really got as to how he turned footling because they said from the shape of his head, it could have been a couple of days, could have been a week. Yeah. So it could have been between my last appointment and then when I went into I guess labor. that's a bit, um, it's kind of, it's just nice to know that I guess she didn't make a mistake the whole time and you could have done something the whole time to flip. Yeah. Um, Finn. Yeah. So I think that would be somewhat relieving. Yeah, it was a little bit of peace of mind, I guess. Like yeah. there wasn't, there was, it was completely out of my control. Yes. It could have happened yes. at any, you know, to anyone yes. at any time. And there exactly. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, I guess post that, I was taking... <laughs> my goodness, Charlie. <laughs> I have to you. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was taken, I guess, into recovery. I was really lucky that... I could have Finn with me the whole time. So I still got to do like skin to skin and and Mm. hold him and everything. And Nick could come with me um, because, you know, I guess now in the world that we're living in, I've seen so many stories of women that are just alone in recovery with no partner, no baby because of everything that's, you know, going on. Mm. So I was really lucky for that. Um, (laughs) We we weren't going to tell anyone that we were in labour. So uh, we were just like, we'll do it, you know, good. do everything, we have a baby when we're ready. A couple hours later, the next day, you know, it's yes. the luxury of your first baby. You don't have yes. to get your any other kids looked after. Or Absolutely. You can just be completely, um, you know, on your own and no one will know. So good. Yeah. Um, but given the scenario, um, my partner had called our family and let them know. Yes. Which the majority of them decided to all race down and be waiting. <laughs> Oh, and I was like, guys, give me a minute. Last thing yeah. you want when you come out of recovery. Yeah. And so, like, it's a, it's a huge thing to get your head around. You don't need to yeah. be talking no. to people about it. So, love them. But yeah. they all needed to take a minute. So, they did. They were good. They just waited. And, and they all came up later. Um, I found it really hard. So, being in the public hospital, that particular public hospital, um, that Nick couldn't stay with me. And because oh, I had yeah, so we were, I was in the four bay curtain room, yeah, where you've got everyone else, you know, their visitors, their babies, yeah, 
lying on the saddle at night, hearing every little cough and movement of every person. We had shared bathrooms and stuff. So that part of the experience, like, wasn't great. Particularly, I guess I knew that going in, birthing there, but having had the cesarean and not being able to plan or prepare, which a lot of people can't. Yeah. You just, you know, you're in so much pain. You're drugged up. You can't get out of your bed. Yeah. I couldn't lift in. I had to buzz them every time. Yeah. Um, and I just really found that really, really hard. Mm. Um, you know, like, Nick changed his first nappy and, like, did the first swaddle and did all these yeah. things that I couldn't really do. And, um, you know... It, when you're there in the hospital, it is a bit of a bummer. But on reflection too, I think it was really nice for him because he got to do all that stuff that he yes. probably wouldn't have done. Yeah. And, and we talked about it afterwards in that he felt like he it really gave him a closer bond because in the guess in the couple of weeks following too, like I had to rely on him so much yes. more to help me do all that stuff. Yes. Um, and so in, even though for me as a mother, I, I really struggled with that, I found it comforting knowing that, yeah. you know, he got to have a bit more of that experience. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that really helped him bond with Finn. Because um, how did he go with that transition? Because me and the mummers at Personal Yoga were just talking about that before, where – sorry, Personal Pilates. Mistake. Um – where the dads sometimes do struggle to transition into fatherhood because they haven't had to go through the whole process of their bodies changing and not being able to drink, eat certain foods, you know, being more tired, whereas you guys do kind of ease into it a little bit more with the pregnancy. How did he yeah. go with that to all of a sudden be doing majority? We actually talked about that and we had some friends um, birthing around the same time um, who we talked about that with because, um, yeah, that's the thing. Like he kept saying to me, he's like, oh, well, nothing changes for me. You know, I go to work, I come home, I turn up at the hospital, Yeah, you have the baby, you know, the baby. <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, and then that kind of love, you get that, but you know, like that flows afterwards. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think he did struggle and I think that really helped. Yeah. You know, he could do a little bit more. So I guess a little silver lining of a, a Caesar was that the dads can do a lot more. Totally, yeah. Totally, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Love that. So, how was your postnatal um, experience and breastfeeding and things? Breastfeeding was awful for me. Fair so, cool. the first time, um, I have quite flat nipples, right? And I, I guess initially going in, I'd done the breastfeeding classes, but for some reason, also too, I guess like just goes into my whole about how unorganized, like how unprepared I was for my first birth. Um, I didn't even do the antenatal expressing or anything. Like, yeah. I guess I, it kind of been talked about and then just time goes and I've not yeah. asked him to do it. Yeah. Um, and Very so, cool. and because, um, you know, with the Caesar, something I didn't know at the time as well is that it can take a little bit longer for your milk to come in. Yeah. Um, and the baby not going through the birth canal. So Finn had a lot of um, phlegm. Yeah. So pretty much for like a week after, he was just like constantly coughing up. Limb yes. all the time and all that mucus, sorry. Totally. Um, a lot. Um, so, again, things I didn't really know, and I Fair guess cool. no one really flagged them with me when I was in the hospital. Yeah. Um, but pretty much because of that delay, um, even like my colostrum and then my milk coming in. And he wouldn't have been feeding as much because his belly was full of the mucus. Yes, so that would have so, delayed it even further. Yeah, and so pretty much it was kind of just like suggested to me 
you know, oh, well, you're going to have to do, like, a formula top-up. Mm. And because I didn't have that backup of any colostrum or mm-hmm. any intermedial expressing. Um, and, again, just not knowing. I was never opposed to formula, but I just mm. didn't really prepare for that. Yes. Um, and so it was kind of a mad dash when we got home a couple of days later, you know, Nick just going to buy any formula. Again, we didn't know what formula Nick, like, we hadn't yes. looked into anything, bottles to use. Yeah. Um, and we'd just been given some bottles, I think like at the baby shower and we're just like oh they'll do yes um the other thing was so Finn really damaged my nipples yeah so in the hospital I had a couple of midwives look at the latch but and everyone just kept saying and telling me the same thing you know oh yep he's latching fine he's latching fine but then my nipples were just so blistered and damaged Mm. and I was like something has to be wrong um it's just not it's not working. So, so I pretty much from the get-go went home with all of that damage. Mm. Um, and it just never got any better. Mm. Um, and after that, I went along to the, the health clinic and they had a look. And no one the whole time, no one would give us an answer as to if he had a tongue tie or not. Mm. So we thought maybe he had a tongue tie. Mm. And one midwife at one of the health clinics. She was an older midwife and she was kind of the only one that was like, yeah, I think so. And she was like, oh, back in the day, what we would have done in the hospital is the midwife with the longest nails would have just gone straight what? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I've never heard like, of that. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was it's so random. And we're like, okay, so <laughs> all these days everyone's so, you know, scared to give Sarah to say anything. And so even my GP, she was like, oh, we're not really allowed to, you know, diagnose diagnose that. Um, Because he was breech, even though we don't know for how long I had to do the two-week clicky hip follow-up appointment with the pediatrician at the hospital. Yeah. And even he wouldn't tell me. So no one would give us a definitive answer. So we went along to, we did a little bit of research and we went along to like a dentist, you know, a dentist to do the the tongue tie. And she went into the whole, okay, well, we think it's, got the top, the sides, the this, yeah. and it just overwhelmed us and panicked us. And being first-time parents, we were so afraid of hurting him and just it just freaked us out. And so we just decided to leave it. Good. Because, uh, yeah, because no one would tell us. I was us. holding my breath to see what you'd say there. That yeah. whole cheek ties, top ties, whatever, yeah. I, that's a whole saga. Yeah. And yeah. it just, I don't know, it just didn't sit well with us. Good on you. And so we did all of this time, we'd still been doing. I'd been basically moved to expressing mm-hmm. and um, giving him formula top ups. So again, mm-hmm. my supply just wasn't great. Mm-hmm. I just my nipples. I had infections. Mm-hmm. I got thrush. Like I had to go on antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Like it was mm-hmm. just a whole thing. And did you get mastitis? I didn't have mastitis, no, but I got blocked nipple. ducts. Yeah, oh, I did have some blocked ducts, which I could get out, but it was just yeah. really the nipples. Like they oh. were just so bad. It's, um, it's tricky. And again, no one really talked to me about shields either as much. Like I tried them, but I think I just got into a place of, yes. it was just all so overwhelming. Yes. There's just so much going on with the and tie. It's and so consistent formula. when it's like, I'm in like excruciating pain. I've got to feed him again in three hours. And yeah, it's it was more that. painful for me than like the Caesar recovery. Yeah. And because you just, it's all the time. So yes. it's easy, like, okay, you do it you can kind of put your head get your head around it. But yeah. every time you let down, like every time 
the baby, you know, you go for that feed every few hours. And I got to the point of like wincing in pain and I was actually, I didn't want to do it. Yeah. It was so painful that yeah. I just, and I was like, I don't even want to feed my own baby. Like, Absolutely. I, can't, I can't fathom that pain again. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you listened to my podcast with Rhiannon and she was talking about her feeding and she ended up being fine. But yeah, just going through the process and she would like hear a baby cry and she's like, oh, I like, Oh, yeah. she's awake, and then she's it's feeling really guilty dread. about yeah. Yeah. her being awake. But yeah, she's just dreading the pain because she's gonna want to feed, and yeah. I, it just sounds awful that whole cycle. And even like a shower, like I was like, oh, like I can't even just have a shower because like the pain is oh, so bad. No. Um, and the doctor had like even yeah touching on my supply as well. Like my GP had offered me some. I don't know, a prescription to something mm-hmm. to kind of get at my supply. But again, I was like, I don't want to take more drugs. I've yeah. had, just had this seizure and I've just had so much going on. Yeah. So I just decided to pump and formula yeah. and I stopped um, Good job. feeding to the breast. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I got to about between sort of eight to ten weeks and I decided that was that was it. And I yeah. just go straight to formula and it was like a cloud just lifted and just you know and just a weight off my shoulders yes um because you know you're pretty much like chained to the house really yeah because pumping like I had to pump every few hours yeah to, keep, to try to keep up supply yeah um and I just couldn't go anywhere yeah it was just yeah it really really affected me and I'm, I'm so, quite a social person and just being yes. not being able to even like you know, you could go out for maybe like two hours or three, and then you're yeah. like, okay, I've got to get home to pump. And again, like, I didn't even know what pump to use. I'd just gone to like the shops and bought, like, I was like, looked at a few pumps. And I was like, oh, that one's the cheapest. Yes. Um, yeah. And it's just yeah, so many which, new oh, things. It's just so much. And I guess, yeah, I just, I made that decision and I was totally comfortable with it. And Good I job. just felt, yeah, just after that everything was just you know you yeah. could just enjoy so much more yes with your baby and like yeah that it wasn't that dread it was like and then you know Nick was fully like okay I can do the bottles as well yes um and we could you know even just the two of us could go out to dinner or something yeah. and just have that time we knew that you know anyone could give him the bottle and it wasn't stressing about like is he going to have enough or can exactly. I get enough supply and how much formula and then sterilizing everything that's it. Like, and I think what's a really great, um, like sometimes it's really hard to make that decision and, and call that, you know what I mean? But if you can discern the amount of stress that I feel right now, that's bad for you. And it's also bad for babe because that's coming out in your breast milk. And it's also bad for babe because you're treating them differently than what you would if you were calm. Um, and plus that feeling of dread and they would feel all that too. It's like, all of that negative, is that more or less negative than, you know, giving the formula as opposed to breast milk? And yeah. it's like you've got to discern that as a mother and then make that call from there. And sometimes I think mums just whip themselves for, you know, a year even more and it's like at the end of the day you're almost doing worse off yeah. by continuing that feeding regime than just yeah. doing And I guess um... – I'd already, I was really struggling with having had the Caesar Mm. and then, 
not being able to breastfeed and it was like, you know, my body's failing me and I can't do this. Yeah. Um, you know, why can't I? I couldn't have the birth and now I can't breastfeed as well. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I just, yeah, I, once I made that decision, I was like, that doesn't define me as a mom. Yes. You know? That's and it. And I can still be an amazing mom and give my baby a bottle. Yeah. And if anything, yeah, like you said, it, yeah. it was better because I mm-hmm. was so much happier. I could get out and about. I started doing things again. Yeah. Um, you greet your baby with, like, excitement yeah. and yeah, happiness. Yeah, wake up yes. Yeah, not thinking every – and so tense. Like, every, you know, and when I was trying and trying and trying with latching, you know, they'd just be like, okay, you've got to relax your shoulders. Yeah. And stop tensing. And it's like you don't. Like, Okay, you try. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Relax your back. The pain, it's not a joke. Like, yes. You think, oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Good on you. Good on you. That's awesome. So once you made that choice, you felt a lot better and, yeah, kind of moved on from there. Yeah. Awesome. And then I had a really little healthy chubby bubby. He was so Yes. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So good. And then how old was Finny when you fell pregnant with Tully? So Finn was two, turning three. Okay. <laughs> I had a mental, I had a complete mental blank, and I was like, "How old was he? Three? No, he wasn't." Um, so this time, falling pregnant too was really different because obviously, first time, lovely surprise. We never had to, I guess, try, you know, yes. really to fall pregnant, and so this time it was. A, quite a different experience it didn't just happen straight away yeah and so um you know um my partner was also away quite a lot opening up new offices for our business yeah which made it a bit tricky to find time to be together to yeah make a baby obviously um <laughs> and so that was the recent time you're talking about yes yeah, so with Tully. Tully yeah so yeah um so yeah I guess initially I sort of always thought of the smaller gap and it took us probably almost a year, I'd say, like to fall pregnant. Okay. It's yeah. hard to say because, again, Nick being away yes. sort of during that year as well. Um, but I did start doing – so this time around, I knew pretty much as soon as I had Finn that I would – my next pregnancy fight, you know, I was lucky enough to have another pregnancy and birth would be a VBAC. So yes. I was told um, as well, that was, I guess, another thing I was told was that because I got to five to six yes. centimetres and I went into labour naturally, I was quite a good candidate for a VBAC. Absolutely. So I guess that was, you know, really positive for me and coming out of that, I knew that that yes. was exactly what I wanted. Yeah. So I was really determined to start, you know, even the falling pregnant, just so much yeah. more informed yeah. than I was the first time. And so I started doing acupuncture. Cool. Um, so I was going to that fortnightly. And then I also started seeing a homeopath as well. Cool. Um, and I just, you know, I got onto a few different sort of um, gut health things. Yes. Um, I started, I guess, eating a little bit better and eating certain foods, I guess, that would... For your cycle. Yeah, for, yeah, for my cycle and just to help, I guess, yes. you know, for pregnant. Um, I was, How long were you trying before you started doing all this stuff? Um, probably a few months before I started the acupuncture. Yeah. And then I did the acupuncture for a couple months before I started seeing the homeopath. Cool. Um, I'd been recommended by a friend. So um, it was just really good to sit with her, with, with the homeopath, and just, I guess, talk about a few different things. Yeah. Um, 
the the acupuncture just while I loved it, it became a lot in that there's just there was so much, you know, eat these things, uh, you know, don't yes. like the cold versus the hot. Yes. Like there's just a lot to follow. It and is. so I thought I'm just gonna try something different, why not? So yeah, Good I saw a homeopath. She was great and then the next month I feel pregnant. Amazing. So, what did she do? Um, so she got me onto some probiotics. Um, again, just we sort of mapped out my cycle a little bit differently. Yes. And just checked tracking my ovulation a little bit differently. Interesting. Um, we I just gotta think now what exactly. She gave me a few different sort of I guess more natural Yeah. Um, supplements or whatever. Like herby tinctures and stuff? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yes. So I can't remember the name that they call them, but there's a... Yeah. Yeah, so she makes her own, obviously, you know. Well, one of them, Echinacea, that you recall? Maybe, maybe know, not. Like That's fine. Even like magnesium and iodine and yeah. just all those kind of things that um, I hadn't really been taking. Totally. Before. So I started all that and I had to take yeah. some certain things in the morning, certain things at night. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the next... I started again, so I know like a lot of people were like, don't track your ovulation, don't do the ovulation sticks, it all gets in your head. So I'd stop doing that. Yes. And I thought, am I even ovulating? Like, I yeah. haven't done this for so long. Yeah. And so as part of just like going to see her again, I was like, I'm just going to start, you know, doing the yeah. ovulation sticks again. And then, yeah, the next, amazing. next month I felt pregnant. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. And then... We, like, from the very beginning, I knew that I wanted to try to get onto MGP. Yeah. Um, and so I started looking into options for that. And then um, we, well, my partner, you know, they decided to open up an office in Townsville. Yeah. And so everything had to flip. So it was pretty much like I was, like, maybe six weeks. Yeah. And I was, you know, went to my GP and, yeah, I was like, I want to get onto MGP in Townsville. And she was like, oh, I can't refer to another hospital. And I was like, no, you can. I phoned them. So this was just like me from the very get-go of this pregnancy. Yes. I was so determined. Bold. Yeah. I like I it. I wasn't taking no for an answer. I mm-hmm. was like, no, you can do that. Yeah. You know, sometimes even just going to your GP is just so intimidating. And you think, Absolutely. oh, okay, I can't, like, question They them. said that they can't, so yeah, they yeah, can't. Yeah, so I can't. And I was like, no, I've own the hospital. You can. Yes. <laughs> so, Don't be lazy. Yeah. And yeah. so from then, pretty much, I... I imagine the poor lady at Townsville Hospital was sick of me because I was, you know, phoning every couple of weeks and so I just knew that and I'd done my, my research and just talking to people that for me to have the best op- opportunity to to have feedback, I needed the continuity. Yes. And I wanted the continuity. Good. I had the private midwife and just because of my experience the first time I, was, I wasn't super keen to go down that path again, yeah. I guess I was a bit scared that something, Fair you call. know, that, that that would happen again. Yeah. And I'd end up with someone that, yeah, yeah, like I just didn't click with. Didn't click with. Cool. Yeah, so um, I did end up getting onto MGP in Townsville. Awesome. Good job. I had a super amazing, lovely midwife that I started seeing when I was up there. Yeah. Um, and I guess, you know, I touched on it earlier, but this time around I was so determined to prioritize my health in this pregnancy. Yeah. So I started doing... Um, Pilates cool. well when I was up there and then I also started seeing a Cairo um, yeah. because I didn't know what led to the falling breach the first time or the breach the first time 
I had done a little bit of reading about pelvic alignment. Yes. And so I decided to go see a Cairo just to make sure that yes. you know, I was in good alignment this time around. It could yeah. have been that. It could, could not have been that. Yeah. Um, and so I just thought it can't hurt to go totally um, and, and do that as well. Hey, Baba. Beautiful. Yeah, so I started seeing the Cairo as well. And then and I was walking pretty much daily. So good. And I guess the difference to in this pregnancy was that I had a very active, almost three-year-old toddler. Yes. And I wasn't working. So I was really fortunate that I wasn't working. So I was stay-at-home mum and finally went to daycare a couple of days a week. So mm-hmm. on those days, I prioritise me and I do my Pilates and I do my Cairo. I'd walk. Awesome. I was listening to my podcasts. Um, you know, I listened to hypnobirthing podcasts. I listened to feedback podcasts. Amazing. Um, I was so determined that I was only going to sleep really positively and, you know, yes. be really positive and healthy in this pregnancy. Okay. As best as I could. Um, and then sort of, um, I guess at the halfway-ish point, um, we made the decision to leave Townsville. So the office yes. was doing really well. And it was, I kind of, it was really hard for me because I was so ecstatic that I'd gotten onto MGP and I love my midwife and that was yes. my goal. Then to weigh up the options and, you know, what's going to be better in the long run moving back or totally. staying on MGP. Like staying in Townsville. Or staying in Townsville. Yeah. And having MGP or coming back. So we were really lucky too that, um, all of our families on the Southern Coast. Uh, and so for me, it was just a natural decision. I said to Nick, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to come back, but I want to come back to the coast and I want to birth at school. Yes. And it's really funny because after I'd had Finn, I, and my sister-in-law actually had my niece not long after that, and I visited her at school and just everything about the hospital, about her experience. Epic. I was like, oh, my next baby, I'm going to birth at school. And I think somehow I manifested it. And it just <laughs> because I was determined that I wouldn't birth in Brisbane again. Yes. And I just, from everything about that hospital, the, compared to school and just the support for VBACs and, mm. and everything, I was like, that's, you know, that's it. That's where it's at. And um, unfortunately, because I came in at about 28 weeks, came back to the coast at about 28 weeks pregnant, I missed out on any MGP um, and I also tried to get a private midwife, but I guess the pandemic in the moment, there's lots of babies <laughs> being so, so late in my pregnancy. Poor midwives, yeah. private midwives are just so swamped lately. And, um, they tried a couple of options for me, but yeah, it just it couldn't be. So, um, I ended up on the mainstream at school. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I was, you know, I guess I was a bit hesitant, um, and I didn't really know what to expect, but from my first doctor's visit and my first midwife visit, every midwife was amazing. The doctor, like, they were so supportive from the very beginning. There was never any opposition yeah. to going for a VBAC. It was more like this hospital is supportive of VBAC and VBAC water birth as well. Awesome. Um, in Townsville, I was able, like, so they were also really supportive of VBAC. I never had any opposition from any doctor or any midwife there, but mm. they didn't allow VBAC water births. Ah. It was kind of, if you get in the bath and then you don't get out, ah. you could maybe sneak through a little VBAC. But, yes. um, but yeah, it was the policy of the hospital. So, oh, wow. Yeah, and that was really why. And you don't want to be fighting that in the middle of labour. Like, no. it's just, it's not a I kind of place. had gone, okay, look, I've got my MGP and I've got my VBAC. 
Yes. I'm happy with that. Yeah. And then when Scoob became the option, I was like, what about what about my go? And uh, so, yeah, every appointment, every midwife was amazing. And um, I chatted to one of my first appointment and I said, look, I've been doing Pilates. I really want to keep that up. Mm. Or, or something similar. I don't want to let that go. Yeah. Um, and I guess just staying strong as well with the labor, which is yes. something I didn't do the first time. And that's when they suggested yes. coming to more yoga classes. That's yes. awesome. I okay. still really wonder who that midwife was. I know. Am I beautiful baby brain? No, fair call. Cool. Awful, but yeah. Fair so cool. I think I started three. We said the third. Yeah, we week, two, week, week two. two or three. The um, yeah, it yeah. might have been the intuitive flow, was it? Or the hip opening? It wasn't the ball. It was maybe the week before that. Week before, so and the hip I opening. Yes, <laughs> that's so right. Me. I'm so <laughs> But I was very planned in the pregnancy, but everything else. Not. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, so I started doing yoga. yoga. And I think the first class you might have even done the that I came in on was the where we did the practice contractions. Yes, yeah, could have been. Which was like set me up. Yes, yeah. did it? Yeah, amazing. So I messaged, yeah, so I messaged you after I had yes. Daddy, and so yeah. do you want me to touch on all that? So first of all, we'll go to the. Oh, Keep going through your pregnancy if there was anything yeah. else that you wanted to say. I, I still, um, so I also, oh, so also, um, I wanted to continue doing Cairo down here, mm. and I found an amazing chiropractor, um, Janelle, and she was um, she was working out of Coast Life where they are, yeah, free down there. Yeah, hundred percent recommend her um, Vitality Place, but she oh, used to yeah. also be a midwife. Cool. So and she, I guess then ventured into Cairo and so yes. now she's a chiropractor Legend. but she sees a lot of um, pregnant women as, as well and so it was just great it was different to my chiropractor in town so she was also lovely but Janelle and I you know each week she, she could talk a lot more about yes. just pregnancy labor breastfeeding yes. like just so much and we it was just great and she'd go through you know everything you need to like prepare for birth so that is a great combo caro and midwife yeah. i like that and then um i also i had known from sort of i didn't do any other acupuncture in my pregnancy but i knew that i wanted to do it as a way to sort of a bit more of a natural labor yes. induction and then hearing emmy in the class so she is emmy. yes yeah yeah, yeah. Um, she does the yeah, bloom. so i then um, went along to acupuncture a few times. I think I had, I think I went three or four times and then I had my last one like two days before I went into labor. I do remember that actually yeah. now that you say that. Yeah. 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 So, and it was just crazy when she was doing, the, um, the different points and the, like, Tully was just going crazy in there. She's like, oh, is the baby moving? I'm like, yeah, because she's like responding yes. so much. So I love that. And even like, it was just amazing to have like, you know, that hour, hour and a half to just zone out, switch off, fell asleep. Oh, <laughs> it was incredible. Absolutely. And just right at the end of your pregnancy. Um, and especially when you've got a yeah, little three-year-old yeah, running around, you would time. notice that. Um, and I think I'd, I'd finished up the yoga by then. Yes. The, the weeks and stuff. And I kind of got to the point at the end where I was like... It wasn't too comfortable. Yeah, I was like, 38, 39 weeks. And yes. Like, okay. I think I need to just yeah. relax a little bit. Fair call. Um, and then, so, went into labour... Naturally, again this time. So I was yeah. um, 39 and 
two with Finn and 39 and five with Tully. Cool. Started on the, um, on the Friday and then just sort of fizzled out. Like there were like 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, my contractions sort of fizzled out. I gave, I, this time around also different to my first pregnancy, I hired a TENS machine, ah. which I would like 100% recommend. Yes. It was like amazing. Um, and so I trialed that sort of the Friday night just to make sure, you know, like yes. did, did a bit of a practice run, fell asleep, woke up and I was like, oh, nothing, you know. Yeah. So um, that was a Friday night. And then Saturday morning I woke up and again was, um, they sort of started up again. And I yes. was really determined that I would be really active in this yes. labor. So went for a walk, went and got a coffee, like walked up to the beach. Epic. Um, just never stopped moving pretty much Good from that moment. Job. Um, I was on the ball, I was walking, yes. you know, doing stuff with Finn. Like I never just sort of – and then that afternoon I was like, okay, I'll try to get a little bit of sleep. So Definitely. I managed to get like maybe an hour or two. Napping um, is so yeah. important. If you can nap, nap. Yeah. Um, and then we actually went – so that Saturday too, we went to the plaza. Yeah, and just walked around and around. And we bumped into some friends' parents, and ah. literally like having a conversation ah. and having contractions. And I was like, Nick, we better like I didn't want to say to them, you know. Yes. Um, so I was like, we better go home. And I think yeah, starting to ramp up a little bit. Yes. Um, and so how do you suddenly do that? That'd be so hard. Yeah, it was like just I guess I don't know, but yeah, I did somehow. Yes. Got home and. Nick took Finn out for a little bit, and so I was like, okay, I'm going to get on the ball. Yeah. So pretty much I was, from that sort of afternoon, I was um, on the ball, and then it kind of started probably a couple hours later really ramping up. So mm. I needed to come back, put the tens on again, did that mm. for a bit, and then I thought, okay, I'm going to get in the shower. Mm. And this was like, so all of this was the stuff, I guess, you know, like we did in your class, so like all the ball work. I, and yes. that was the other thing, I never did the ball the first time. Yeah, I, I never even bought an exercise ball. Yeah. So from you know, I can't remember how many weeks, but I was like watching TV at night, you know, sitting on the ball, or like if I was with Finn, even in the day, like doing so stuff, great. I was on the ball. Yeah. Um. So just again, it's totally different. Um. And so I got in the shower and I was doing the vocalizations that we'd worked on. Ah, oh, good so job. Vocal toning. Yeah. Vocal toning. So I was doing that in the shower. The neighbors were probably like, so for our peeps at home, it's essentially making big whale noises, the very low tones. Yeah, so all about the low and just like really yes. focusing in oh on Oh my that, god, that's so that funny. Tone. Good so I was on like you. On all fours in the shower, so the water was great. And yes. Was and you were getting contractions down. at this point. Yeah, so cool. they had really, um, really, really ramped up. Yeah. I can't remember how many minutes apart. I'd sort of stopped timing, timing them totally. because it was just getting too, it's too annoying. hard. Yeah. Um, I got out of the shower and sort of went, okay, I think things are going to really kick off soon. So I sort of like freshened myself up. Yes. And I was like, I want to feel good going in. Yeah. So sort of, you know, yeah, fresh, freshen myself up, um, put the tens back on. And then by this time it was probably like, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night. Mm. And I sort of tried to lay down. I thought, I don't think I'm going to be able to get any sleep. But mm. like, let's just, I'll just have a bit of a good moment job. and just try to relax. If I can, and put my birth playlist on. Yes, so made my little playlist. Put that on. Just got into bed with the tens, and probably like two songs in, my waters just explode, like popped, like movie scene sort of 
Ah! Water's everywhere. I know your poor mattress. Yeah, just like. Ah! Um, I was like, it was amazing. I was like, it was so exciting. Yes. It happened for me the first time. Yes. So. Um, it is exciting. Yeah, and I I guess the other thing is being a VBAC, I know that the, well, from everything I've read and talked to people, the longer I could stay at home, the better. 100%. Because then I wasn't on a clock as soon as I got to the hospital. So I was, yeah, I was just staying at home as long as I could. But after my waters broke, they were pretty much 30 seconds to a minute apart. Wow. And the hospital was like, yeah, you should really, <laughs> you should yes. probably really get here. Especially um, considering with your first labor, even though you didn't birth, but your cervix was contracting quickly. Yeah, quite yeah. quickly. Um, and the other thing, I guess, this time around um, that I really focused on was just speaking really positively about my pregnancy like from the beginning and I like every time even when I come to class I was like I'm having a back. yes I'm having a water birth instead of saying oh, I, I you know I catch myself try. every time saying oh I'm trying or attempt I was like no I'm not attempting I'm yes. having a back and I'm having yes. a water birth and love um, that I think you know you did an Instagram live as well um at some point yeah in the pregnancy and you talked about the mindful acceptance yes and the pain perception so I really focused like I was just this time around I was so excited yeah I was excited to experience a natural labor so for me it was uh, I was never scared I was never afraid of the pain yeah everything was just trying to be as positive as I could be totally it was still an unknown because I didn't really have that the first time yeah but I was just yeah so I was really really trying and every contraction I was like if I catch myself going like fuck this hurts. yeah no go <laughs> Shit, for it this hurts I go no this is good like this yes. everywhere is bringing me closer to my baby uh, the pain is positive like everything's for a reason amazing and I just repeat those affirmations like over and over and if I catch myself I'd do it again you know because amazing like, it does fucking hurt absolutely <laughs> but absolutely. it was just like this is gonna get me the feedback and this is gonna get me that yes dream job so that's raced, so good. Yeah, raced off to the um, the hospital, uh, got there, and I was really lucky. Like it was a really quiet weekend. Like yeah, I said that because of you know COVID and everything, it's been so crazy. Yeah, I was just like they were there, ready to go. Crazy. Like it was just amazing. So amazing. Walked in. Um, I told them from the like as soon as I walked into the room that I wanted a water birth. Yeah. So they started you know filling up the bath. Oh, so good. Um. And I also, we, you know, talked to you about in the class as well about the scalp, scalp clips. Yeah, the, yeah. The monitoring, because I yeah. guess that's one of the policies is that being a VBAC, the hospital wants me to be continuously monitored. That's right. And the um, scalp clip is on Bubby's head and then um, comes out so it's not like you're being Yeah, just a bit. Maneuvered as well. Everything I've sort of read was also for the water birth, so that if I had, I didn't have to get out and interrupt the the water birth. Yes. Um, So I told them that from the beginning. I also declined the cannula. Ah, cool. um, That's another policy for feedback is that they want to put a cannula in just in case. And from my reading, you know, I mean, it takes uh, like what? How long does it take to put a cannula? Oh, minutes. Yeah, minutes. In in, in a real emergency. Amen. And I also thought, look, if shit hits the fan and we go to like a full blown emergency, I'd probably be knocked out anyway. So yeah. you know, um I was I was totally confident and happy with yeah. my decision to decline that and they were happy with that as long as I knew yeah. for reasons why with one way. Totally. Um, and then so yeah, so I knew about the the constant fetal 
heart rate monitoring and the cannula yeah. because I'd read up on the Queensland Health Clinical Guidelines. Awesome. Um, around VBACs. Awesome. Which is also where I found out all the statistics about, you know, rupture and increased, you know, risk. Yes. And, it's, and how it's really not that much more. No. I think it goes, you'd be able to quote me better. I should probably remember it. I did at the time, but it's like from point three to point five or something. It's something like it's that. Very, it's something so yeah. small. Yeah. yeah, good on you. And you went about finding those guidelines on Google or? Actually, so my sister is a midwife. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> so, that's right. Yeah. So she had actually um, sort of, I guess, steered me to them and, and I just went through then and just read all the bits. And so that when I went to my first doctor's appointment at the hospital, because yes. that's, you know, the protocol, you have to see the doctor. Yes. And then you see the midwife. Um, I was, yeah, fully informed and I, yeah. but I was, because all the podcasts I'd listened to and things I'd read, you know, unfortunately so many women had had so much opposition to yeah. VBACs and just flat out, no, the hospital doesn't support that or I won't do that. You know, so many obstetricians saying no and, oh, and just putting that fear into people. Yeah. Um, and so I was, you know, I wanted to make sure that I couldn't be sort of talked out of it. Yes. But, yeah, I was really lucky that both at Townsville and school, both the doctors and the midwives, everyone yes. was really, really supportive. I didn't come up against so good negative fear. So good. I'm so glad. I think when you can come in with your doctor's appointment and you are fully informed about what you want, whether what you're doing is risky or not, and that is determined by whoever you're talking to because everyone has a different perception, right? Um, if you go in and you're informed and you know your stuff, they're way more likely to give you less um, push towards their opinion because they know that you're not easily swayed. And I think that's a really great way to enter into that. Yeah. Good and job. Like, you know, everyone makes their own decisions. I was comfortable not to put the cannula. Like, I was comfortable to go straight to the scalp, you know, yes, monitoring. Exactly. I was comfortable with the risk, you know, the percentage risk around rupture. And I'd also... Um, read up and I even you know a couple of days before I went into labor and when I was like in that early labor stage I went back through and I read all the signs and symptoms of rupture mm. so that I was in that you know you're in a bit of a haze and you're in like like there's so much going yes. on but if I knew okay like the shoulder tip pain or the um the the kind of that pain across your scarring as well and just like all those other things that can be signs, early signs of rupture. Yeah. Um, so I just refreshed myself. Yeah. So I was, yeah. Good on you. Um, and, yeah, so went, got up on the bed to um, put the clip on. And all of this is when you just when you got to the hospital? Yeah, so I got, into, so got to the hospital, went in, said I want the water bath. They, yeah, said I want the, the clip. So they're like, okay, hop up on the bed, we'll assess you. I was about, I think I was seven centimetres. Wow. Isn't it the best? Yeah. Good job. And this was around about, I think, 11.30-ish yeah. at night. And she was born at 2.30. Yeah. So um, it was only about three hours from, like, when I arrived at hospital to when she was born. So, Amazing. like, it was really, really cool for me. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when they were putting... The clip on unfortunately um it got attached to my cervix and not my which was really really Ouch. painful <laughs> and uh, so I had to try to twist it off which was I reckon yeah that was probably one of the most painful parts yes. of my labor more painful than contractions um so I had 
totally in sodomy kicking. I had the tens going because I forgot to turn it off. I had the them trying to twist off this clip and then the thought of having to put another one on. And I was like, I need something. So started the gas in there from that point. And that was all I had throughout the rest of the labor. Mm. Um, and I just kind of was like, I can't go through putting that clip on again. Like if that happens again, I can't. So I'm just, I'm getting in the bath. Yes. So they were happy for me to get in the bath. And I said, I'm just going to do the, um, the belt. What do you call it? You know, yes. Yeah, monitoring. Yeah. Uh, CTG. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the CTG. So, but pretty much it meant that my midwife had to hold it on my belly almost yeah. the entire time, which is hard when you're in the water and you want to try move around and do exactly. different positions. So about 20 odd minutes later, she said, look, you know, if you want to, if you want to have this water birth, we're going to have to get you out and try the yeah. again. And I asked for the team leader at that point. Yeah. Because I was cool. like, I can't go through that again. No. <laughs> I know it's probably, you know, once off and you do it all the time, but I want the team leader. Absolutely. So team leader came back, um, put it in, went in first time. So yeah. Like, no worries. Yeah. Um, and then they also, as part of that too, they assessed me again and I was fully. So oh my gosh. So like sort of that um 20 to 30 minutes I'd gone from the seven centimeters to yes. and I knew and because I never experienced so in my you know um first birth I didn't experience you know the, that pushing and that ejection you know the yes so like as soon as I sort of arrived at the hospital my body had taken over and was already starting and to me I felt like at that point even though I was only seven centimeters I was yes. like my body is trying to get this baby out yeah and I heard about it and read about it and I was like this is so cool like you know yeah it just literally takes over and starts so so cool hey got, got back in the bath and I was yeah fully dilated so that just t- took over and I tried a whole bunch of different positions um you know knees I was like laying on my back pulling my legs off I was mm-hmm. on all fours I was you know um Nick was really great I was think I almost broke his fingers <laughs> yes and every time I had that sort of it was like I wasn't screaming in pain because it was like you know going through that whole the yeah. perception and things but it was like this primal sort of urge to like like it was like almost like a grunting like I don't know yeah like, like I wasn't yes. screaming and yelling I just was like so a roar loud. almost yeah, yeah. just Every time, like it just took over. Yes. And my body just took over. And Good then, on you for letting it. Yeah. And That's I could, awesome. Uh, I could see her head crowning. It was just the coolest thing, looking down and getting to watch it and, like, see the head. And it was just such a motivation to keep going. And then um, her heart rate started going up. And they were watching that for a little bit. And the midwife said, look, we'll give you a couple more contractions. But if the heart rate doesn't go down, you're going to have to get out of the bath. And then I had a couple more contractions and they said, look, yeah, okay, next one, we're going to have to get you out. It's not going down. So the two midwives went over to get the bed and Nick had sort of started helping me out. And how were you feeling as they were talking about that? I was just like, I was never once worried at all. Yeah. Um, You know, of course, if the baby's head's literally about to push out and they're going to be in some form of, you know, in distress or, you know, something like they're coming out of a small space. So um, I, I guess I didn't think about it. It just never came. I never yeah. let myself worry about it. It wasn't. I was never once like concerned. I never had a moment. And then I saw the doctor come in, and the doctor was like, you know, in all scrubs, looking at the the screen and everything. And I just something came over me, and I just was like, I am having this water birth, and I am having this baby 
in the bath. Yeah. And it was just the motivation that I needed. And on the next contraction, I literally just pushed and I felt that ring of fire and I felt the burn and I was like, this is it. And I just pushed her and her head came out. I was uh, like, oh, no. <laughs> and so, yeah, so the midwives weren't actually even at the bath. I was just there and I, and I said, the head's out. And I'm like, no, no, it's okay. We'll get you out. And I was like, no, no, the head is out. Like the baby is yes. coming. And the next thing, like just her body just, it all just came out and I got to catch her. And I was, it was, it was really lovely because it was basically just me. Yeah, I pushed her. I was the one, you know, I pushed her out. I, I pushed myself to do that. And then I got to catch her. Amazing. It was just really lovely. And so I sort of, yeah, was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. And I sat back like, don't squish the baby. Um, <gasps> and it was, yeah, like, and it, it's, I don't know, everything just sort of went away. And Amazing. She was there, and uh, we didn't know what we were having, same as with Finn. And so Nick said, like, it's a girl. And I was absolutely convinced I was having a boy. Ah. Um, but looking back, like, my whole pregnancy was totally different the way I carried and looked and everything. So That's I right. should have known it was a girl. Um, and later on, we both had to be like, no, no, like, let's double check. And we're like, yeah, yeah. That's girl. so funny. It was just How the, beautiful. It, yeah, it was the most empowering, beautiful like natural experience and Amazing. just like letting my body do what it's made to do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. How amazing yeah. is that? It was. <laughs> what a great feeling. Yeah. And do you then, feel super like proud looking back yeah, or just I'm so stoked? Proud. Like, yeah. Just I I just yeah, it was everything that I worked so and it like I had I had put the effort in to yes. achieve that. You know, so. thing, that's the thing. You can't uh, just, uh, you know, not having a go, but some people want to cruise through birth and pregnancy and just see how it goes and just kind of roll with it, be easygoing, go with the flow. And it's all cool and lovely to say, but if you want what you want, you've got to prepare. You've got to put the effort in. It's, it's hard work and it takes knowledge and all of that to achieve. And that like the pushing and the amount of energy that you need to push out a baby if I hadn't put that effort in you know and done the Pilates and done the yoga yes. and, and walked every day and yes. just the strength like and just the, that energy that you need and like I remember a couple of days like after the after it I was like on you know on card nine it's like to me oh I feel amazing like I was back in the room I was like oh I feel amazing he's like yeah, you've got all the adrenaline and the endorphins. He was shattered. But, Absolutely. You know, like, uh, like, come on. The fellas yeah, have moved out to the mat. Are. And like, yes. And like, I'm so tired. I'm like, did you just push the baby out? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and then, like, the next day I was like, oh, my jaw aches. Like, I'm just, everything. And then the next, like, by that third day, I think it was, I was like, oh, my entire body, it was like you hadn't done anything, you know, you, and then you just gone and done the biggest, most intense workout yes. of your life, which you had, and every fibre of my being and body was just, like, aching. Is like, that right? Yeah, really? just every muscle, because I must have just put, like, I just yes. put everything that I had. That's interesting. And it just, yeah. Yeah. And I felt amazing. But, like, just the other thing was, too, like, just the difference from the cesarean and the recovery I was, like, an hour later, I was in the room, and, you know, the midwives, they, uh, I was really lucky. I had no real tearing. I had some minor grazes and minor mm. tearing, but that was it. Um, and they'd done a few couple stitches. Again, like, I 
I pushed for the doctor to come and do the stitches because they said, oh, well, you know, midwife can do them. And I said, no, I want the do- I'd prefer for the doctor to come in and do the stitches. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. So the doctor, I had the doctor come in and do it. Yeah. Um, and then she's like, okay, let's get you up, let's shower, let's yeah. get you dressed. And I was like, what? Like, because I was so, my only experience was like laying in a bed, not being able to feel anything. Yeah. And not being able to move and being so drugged up and whatever. And I yes. was just like, oh, wow, I can get up, I can walk, I yes. can stand. And then, like, a couple of days later, I was like, oh, like, I'm walking around, I'm yep. sharing myself, I'm doing everything. Doing it. Yeah, and just, like, in that first week even, just how, like, amazing the recovery is in comparison. And I think, totally. too, like, just having, like, I was so lucky because having a toddler, like, I don't know, you know, people, women are amazing that, you know, if that second season, because, like, I lift you you know if you can't lift yes, them, you can't so hard. do anything with them so um yeah that and that was also part of what pushed me to want to be back as well yeah that recovery totally yeah totally amazing so how was that wait a minute do I have any questions about the birth that just sounded so beautiful it sounded it was exactly what you had imagined hey yeah how cool is that and I couldn't talk highly enough about just all of the midwives, like the facilities, the hospital. Like, oh, it's just, so, it, just having that positive experience makes it so much better. Yeah. Like, you know, it just, I just walked out of there with nothing but yeah, feeling on such a high. Yes, that's amazing. So then how was the postnatal breastfeeding, all that? I was fully prepared that, I, like I went into it fully prepared that this could not work again and I could have all the same issues. Totally. Or I could be – it could be totally amazing and the baby would just latch and we'll go from there. Yeah. From the out – like, I, I made No sure, expectation. I like that. Yeah. So, I also knew uh, that um, – and I'd asked this in my all my – every single midwife appointment, I asked all the different midwives, is there a lactation consultant on every time? Mm. Because when I was in Brisbane, there was no lactation consultant on on the weekend. And so I was like, yep. And so I saw three LCs before I left hospital. Good. And I asked for that. Good. Um, And I I was like, I'm not leaving this hospital until I see an LC. Yeah. (laughs) Even if they were like, you can discharge. And I was like, I'm not seeing. Yes. Until I see an LC. Good job. They were also really great. But everyone kept telling me, all the midwives, all the LCs, like, oh, she's latching fine. She's latching fine from the outside. Like she was, you know, the K-mouth, the chin to the breast, all those things. The positioning I had, relaxed your shoulders. All of that, like, there's just so much. Um, and but something still wasn't right because my nipples were damaged again, yeah. But luckily, like, I knew and I sort of caught it, and I could, I you know, in a way, sort of. And I'd yeah. done all the antenatal expressing this time, so Good I had colostrum, um, to give, so I could do that as well and supplement with that. That's awesome, and just the difference with my milk and stuff, like I touched on earlier with the Caesar, too, but just having that initial straight skin to skin and that birth experience. Like, it just yeah. made a difference with the breastfeeding the second time around, totally. I, I believe, anyway. Totally. Um, so when I got home, I had the home midwife visit, and she also happened to be an LC as well. She was ah, lovely. Amazing. And Helen, I think her name was. Um, so she sat with me for, like, an hour in my house. Like, so yeah, like, good. in the bed, sat with me, showed me all these different positions, watched the latch. And she – we I talked about wanting to try the shield as well. Yeah. So, she, you know – I know there's a little 
a bit of hesitancy around a straight it shield. It should be controversy. Like, if I don't put the shield on, I'm going to end up in the exact same spot. Yeah. And look, at the end of the day, if I have to put a shield on to feed my baby for however long if it means I can breastfeed them. Yes. What's the difference? What's the difference? It's either that or go to a bottle tea. Yes. So, Especially when you've had such an experience already, like a history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it took um, my, le- my left breast was less, so I – could try a bit more with that, but the right was just totally gone. Like, which is my more producing side as well. As in gone, as in your nipple sore. Sorry. Yes. Like, it's so damaged, so painful. <sighs> I couldn't, like, I started all those feelings again, like that oh, dread and that tense and that tightening when I go, oh, like the pain and the yes. latch and just crying. And it was just awful. And again, and I was like, no, like, the shield. So the shield was what saved me pretty much. Right. And I went in, I, the shield and um, just pumping a bit. So I got mastitis, I think, two weeks in. Yeah. Which I ended up having to go to the hospital, which wasn't great because it always happens on like a Saturday night. Ah, uh, no GP. was not taking any more patients. Like I couldn't, yeah. So uh, I'd already spiked a temp. I was like, so they were yes. like, the infection's already set in. I was yeah. in full blown sweats. Like it was just awful. Um, and then, so from then, I really worked hard to like pump and massage and pump and feed and yes. just keep feeding and getting through it. Um, and it took me about to about six weeks to finally be able to take to start taking the shield off okay. the right side and yeah. feeding again, being yeah. comfortable too. Yes, um, to to do that. Awesome. Um, and so now we're at eight weeks, still exclusively breastfed. Um, Amazing. I do mix up bottle. As well, like yeah. bottle and breast, but with express milk. Yeah, with yeah. express milk. Yeah. yeah. So, awesome! Well done. Yeah. That's great. How um, exciting! See how we go. Like I'm, you know, I'm again. If if we get to to three months, if we get to six months, if we get to a year. Yes. Yeah. I love that lack of expectation there. I just think that's so important. I definitely need to learn a massive lesson in that. It is just so hard. To not have an expectation. And it was hard. Like, I still, even though I fully was like, if I need to go to formula, I will. I still let those thoughts creep back in that I got yeah. really disappointed. I was like, I've had this amazing birth. It's all I wanted. Why can't I just have this amazing feed yeah. experience again? Yes. But again, like, I, we, we've worked really hard to get to this point. And totally. I'm just so thankful that even eight weeks at the moment. So Absolutely. if I get three months, like, that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that Finn is totally fine, and he turned out amazing. Absolutely, <laughs> so, yes. Formula fed is best. Yeah, exactly, exactly yeah. right, exactly right. Agreed, agreed. Oh, how exciting! Okay, so we'll shoot into our precipitous birth round now. What was the hardest thing to give up during pregnancy for you? The hardest thing to give up it was actually sleeping on my back. Ah, fair call. So I, that I was the that. other reason why I've started doing um, that I just forgot and didn't touch on the Pilates, yoga, etc. was I had really bad sciatic pain. And that's uh, why I was going to car as well. So you're yes. out pretty much from my second trimester. Yeah. Really bad left particularly, but it started on both because, you know, once you have to start sleeping, like, like doing the side sleeping, it got worse and worse. And so yes. sleeping on my back, as soon, and like this is how crazy it is, as soon as – I had Tolly and I'm back on my sleeping on my back. My pain's gone. My side wow. is gone. Wow. Interesting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You're just not meant to sleep on your side. See, I'm a massive side sleeper always. Yeah. It was honestly excruciating. And then I had to, I wore a belt. 
I was doing my Cairo, like I was doing yeah, everything yeah. too, and it, it helped a lot, but yeah. just now it's gone. I'm like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. What about your weirdest pregnancy craving? Did you have any? I actually, so for majority of my adult life, I've gone in and out of being vegetarian. Ah. I was also vegan for a while. Yeah. And I was vego, or pretty much pescatarian when I got pregnant. Yeah. Um, and then got to about 14 weeks, also being in town so when you're surrounded by like it's just all meat up there. Like, they yeah. don't know what veg. <laughs> yeah, it's vegetarian. Salad like, is hard to come by. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, like, I think I even went to a pub and it was like, this one of the salads was like chicken and bacon salad. And then the other one was like Caesar salad. It was like, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> so I, but I went into it again going, look, I'm going to tr- just listen to my body. And if I feel like meat or the baby needs meat or I want meat, I'm not going to like, I will let myself eat it and yes. see how I feel. And I Good got to Totally didn't feel like it at all until I got to, yeah, like, about that 14-week mark. And I was like, Nick, get me a steak. Like, I was, like, hanging for meat. All I, yeah, all I wanted was meat. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Listening to your body. So good. Yeah. And my iron, um, I've had low iron levels again throughout my whole adult life. Mm-hmm. I actually had an iron um, infusion. infusion. Just, I think I which, remember that, yeah. Yeah, November. And I fell pregnant in, like, the March, February end of March yeah. so it could have also helped as well with that yeah I just, I, once I had that iron infusion too I felt incredible yes yeah. oh so it really so, helped how long did it take to make you feel better probably like two weeks yeah yeah and I thought I'd have to have another one this pregnancy but I was really conscious about um taking the my iron supplements and like the yes. food I was eating to just make sure that I was getting on top of that and I didn't think so good. So I haven't so far. I still feel really good. Well done. Well done. That's exciting. Okay. Um, what would your top advice be to Birth Simply? I think um, just that the mindful acceptance and conception yes. and just trusting your body. Yes. Yeah. So essentially, for people at home who don't know what that is, actually, there is the Instagram live on my Instagram if you want to go watch it. I think it's the third video. But essentially when you're during labor and you're perceiving your contractions and we talk about pain perception, how you perceive the pain, mindful acceptance and distraction and distraught are the two opposing ones. So mindfully accepting the pain as like a positive and it's um, a natural, normal pain rather than letting it freak you out essentially and get all flustered about it. Cool. And what would your top advice be to parents simply? (laughs) (laughs) It would be just, I know, there's probably, you know, it's probably the answer a lot of people have given, but I think it would be to just surrender. Yeah. And I'm a suit, like anyone will tell you, I'm really um, such a social, like active person, especially Mm. within like, we would be out doing something every single day. Yeah. And I struggled getting back into sort of three-year gap, just going, oh, I have to slow down. I have to yes. surrender to this change of landscape and change of experience. Mm-hmm. And I just have to, like, let, like be okay Yeah, to just some days we don't leave. You know, we might not leave the house. Because, and, and that's part of that feeding thing for me, too, that I didn't have the first time, like, as yeah. much, you know, like, 
oh, breastfed babies are just, you know, it's a different experience. So just surrendering to that and also just to accepting help. Because it's, you know, it doesn't mean that you're not, like, you know, I thought, oh, weekend, I can get up, I can still clean, I can still feed, I've got a toddler, I can still take him to daycare, I can do... I couldn't do it. Like, it just yes. it was too much. Yeah. And if anyone wants to help cook or if they want to help clean or if they want to help take your other your other kids totally. to help out, like, that doesn't mean that you're failing by any means. It just yes. means that at this point in time, like, you know, you really need it and just yeah. surrender to it. Yeah. And the thing is, even if you don't need it, you can just want it. Yeah. And if someone's willing to do it, fucking earth, go yeah. do it, you know? <laughs> why Why say no just for the sake of being able to do it yourself? Yeah. I think that's so good. I think that's so good. Did you see my little uh, post I did the other day from Ash, the recent birth story? Yeah, <laughs> Where she said, yeah, if someone wants yeah. to come over, <laughs> yeah, sure, you. clean the bathroom. And then um, if they don't want to, then they can't come over. <laughs> like, I am still a bit, like, oh, like, to ask. But then, I ha- like, I haven't had to ask. Like, we've just had the most good. My friends have gone grocery shopping for me. My friend came over and, like, vacuumed a mop. I was like, oh. just sit down. I was like, no, no, I want to do something. You know, all of our parents have come and helped clean or they've taken Finn or they've cooked us food. Like, we've had so much food or, So good. I've just that adjustment to the second. Yes. And, you know, you get such in a routine, especially the three-year-old, you know, like, he's toilet trained, he can go, he sleeps, he can can do everything. And then three years later, you go, oh, my gosh, like, this is what it's like again. And just, I did, like, I've it was a bit of a struggle for me the yes. second time and so just just going with it yes yeah beautiful so do you reckon this is your last or unsure probably yeah <laughs> never well, say never no yeah. no you know never say never and everyone's like oh you've got the pigeon pair now which I never even thought about like the boy and girl uh, yeah I was like pigeon pair uh, yeah I didn't know that so many people said that yeah and I was like oh um but I'm yeah, I think I'm pretty content with too. Very cool. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Oh, beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Such a good time. <laughs> Thanks so much. Pleasure. And that's a wrap to our birth story with Katie. I just feel so grateful and so stoked that I can share birth stories like Katie's and lots of other people's with you guys because I just think it's such a beautiful way to build an expectation which is to have no expectation and to build knowledge and experience and understanding to birth for you guys and I just feel so stoked that I can help you with that. Anyways, I reckon my biggest takeaway from that birth story was to be bold, which funnily enough is actually one of my few um, mottos I want to live by in 2022. I said a few at the start of the year and be bold is one of the top ones. I am just obsessed with this idea of being bold and to navigate your birth, especially in the hospital setting, you really do have to be willing to be bold and stand up for yourself and say exactly what you want, ask the exact questions that you want, not feel annoying, not feel like you're being irresponsible, not feel not bothered to do it. So you just do what they say. You really need to be strong, be bold in your stance and say what you want, say no to what you want, say yes to what you want, ask for what you want. Uh, is just so important and Katie really flexed that through her second birth especially um, with the VBAC and that was something that she actually said that she really you know felt she had to do through her birth was to stand up for herself and that's super empowering in itself so freaking legend love that 
If you enjoyed, please leave a five-star written review. I hope to see you guys at Sam Aberton's goodness this month. Bye.